Hello, everybody, and welcome to Alta Sciences Podcast. Today in our consultant series, where globally recognized consultants discuss how they're addressing some of the most pressing drug, drug development topics, we're excited to welcome our very special guest, Dr. John Atkinson. John is the founder of Atkinson Toxicology Consulting, which is a consultant company who provides expertise to pharmaceutical companies in strategy, design, data interpretation, and management of non-clinical toxicology programs, supporting regulatory requirements, primarily with biologics from early to late stage development. John was also the former president of the American College of Toxicology. So welcome to the podcast, John. Thanks, Noreen. I'm uh, very glad to be here and I look forward to our discussion. So John, thank you very much for being here with me today. Um, I thought in the beginning, we'd just I would like to get to know you a little bit better and ask you a couple of very general questions. So the first one is, um, how did you get into drug development and more specifically into the consulting business? Uh, actually, that goes back quite a, uh, quite a ways to when I was growing up and I had exposure to the pharmaceutical industry from, uh, from my father who had been involved uh, for, for many years during, uh, during his career. And I knew that that probably was the area and what I wanted to do. Um, so in deciding after I got out of graduate school, um, I felt like the best approach would be to uh, get into a situation where I could become exposed to many different facets of toxicology relative to species, uh, types of administration, compounds. Um, and so I decided to uh, join the contract research organization and uh, certainly got exposed to a very broad uh, spectrum of activities and and was very excited and, and decided that maybe I was gonna stay in there for a while. But um, I, I got to the point where I felt like I was always on the periphery of things and always um, never had the complete picture uh, of a compound as it went through its development process. Not that that was not satisfying, but I just felt like I would be more satisfied myself if I had the opportunity to to be involved in the entire process of, of drug development. And so um, I had the opportunity to join uh, a very large biotech firm and uh, uh, took that and, and uh, certainly have been in the uh, uh, drug development business and in, on the industry side for uh, over 20 years and really gotten to know and experience a lot of, um, a lot of different things within, within drug development. And um, so recently it, it, uh, I made the decision that I felt like I wanted to have a little bit more control of my time and uh, be able not only to enjoy uh, the business side of things and having still the involvement in the science and, and working with, uh, uh, with advancing compounds through the development process, but also have the ability to um, uh, enjoy my, my, my private time a little bit more and schedule that a little bit better than, um, than I used to when I was in, in industry. So uh, that I've sort of made the decision that I uh, would like to get into the consulting world that uh, would provide me with those, with those opportunities. 
Great. Thank you. I mean, I've known you for many years, but this is something I haven't known about you, about <laughs> just your, you know, previous exposure to the Sierra world and everything. So that was very interesting. Um, for, I mean, I think you kind of a little bit answered that question, but what is it that keeps you going? Like what makes you come to work every day? Sure. So one of the things that, I mean, I think anybody who's been, in, you know, who's involved, you know, in the science area has to, has to realize is that there's so many unique things that are happening and uh, the, the developments that are ongoing are just extremely interesting. And so I get up every morning thinking, what am I going to learn new today? And what are the challenges going to be? And, and how can I help to, to get over those challenges? And that's really exciting to me. And, and uh, so that's, that's really what, what, uh, what drives me. Yeah. Um, so a lot of different consulting companies have different models that they follow. What is your um, particular business model? So when a company partners up with you, what is it that they can expect? Yeah, um, so I guess maybe if I had to put a single term on it or describe it in a, in, with, a, with a single term is um, I really like to act as their partner um, to be able to work closely with them it helps me as a consultant to better understand what their needs are as opposed to more of a just a transactional relationship where a client is looking to maybe have me look at a protocol or, or um, look at a report and provide comments. But um, what I really find works better for me and, and I think re in reality works better for the client is um, is to become a partner. Now, whether for them that means being more involved, like being a member of their project team, um, or whether it just means having more frequent conference calls to get progress reports on where things are going, that, that can be a different, um, different process. But um, overall, I think that the, you know, the partner works very well. Just more skin in the game kind of helps. With yes. That. I, I think yeah. that, that that provides benefit for both mm -hmm. the consultant as well as, as a client. Yeah, I agree. Um, so when a company is looking to hire a consulting company, what do you think that they should be looking for? So I, I think that as a, as a company, and I, I will sort of address that based on the fact that when I was you know, in, in industry and I would look mm -hmm. for salt and uh, these are things that, that I would tend to look for. Clearly it's expertise. Um, so you want to try and find a client that has the expertise that you're looking for. So for example, mm -hmm. if, if the client is looking for help uh, setting up a PK study, well, you really want to look for a consultant that probably has a lot of background in PK versus somebody who might be more of a general toxicologist. They may have knowledge about PK, but mm -hmm. um, I, it obviously better serves you to have more of an expert in, in PK. Same goes for other areas like immunology, uh, pathology, um, so I think clearly you want to, uh, the client would like uh, hopefully focus on, on the expertise aspect. I think the client also needs to understand a little bit of what bandwidth the, mm. uh, the consultant has um, to make sure 
that they're going to be able to meet their needs as far as timing and to get that on the table up front and not necessarily find that out after the fact, so to speak, when they've already established a contract yeah. and relationship with you. So, um, and, um, and then to also uh, understand the expectations or put forward the expectations that they have and make sure that the consultant is gonna be able to meet their expectations um, prior to getting involved in a, in a relationship. So, thank you. So, as part of your consult, when you're working with the pharmaceutical company, are you involved in the process of a CRO selection? I imagine you would be. Oh yes, a lot. Actually, some clients specifically would come to me to actually do more of a program management function where mm -hmm. um, they may have studies that they need to conduct, and they don't really have anybody on board who's had experience either setting up the particular protocols that they need or uh, really outsourcing those those studies. And so I certainly feel like given my um, experience, uh, not only of being in previously having CRO experience, but also having industry experience, it puts me in a, a, a pretty unique position of understanding what the, maybe sometimes the pinch points are uh, at a CRO when trying to schedule studies and working uh, to try and overcome those. So um, I, I clearly am able to function very effectively in that, in that role sort of as a outsourcing expert to help clients get studies placed at CROs and selecting the appropriate CRO. So digging into that a little bit more, what would be the top three things that you would look for in the CRO when partnering with a company? Sure. Um, and again, I'll go back to the way I used to do things when I was... Yeah. Uh, when I was uh, in that in that position as a as a, a client, but uh, uh, and I'll say these are not going to be in any order of rank per se or any mm -hmm. order of importance, but just three areas that I think are important. Again, I think it's expertise of the laboratory, um, making sure that the CRO that you pick has uh, the expertise to conduct the particular type of studies that you're looking for, whether that may be. Uh, a particular technique you're looking at, whether it be uh, a lot of experience with the species you're looking to, to use, um, um, and or the, the particular area, whether it's bioanalytical, whether it's cardiovascular, um, because I think it's really critically important to get the right laboratory to uh, conduct your studies in those, in those particular areas. I also think turnaround time and understanding what historically turnaround times are um, for CROs from the time a study is over until they can expect a, a draft report that could potentially be used to uh, submit in a regulatory filing is, is very important, um, especially to, to the client. Uh, that, uh, that, that's important to them for their, um, uh, for their product development. I, I also think that relationship is, a, is an important thing as well. You know, what uh, relationships have you established with various CROs? Because again, I go back to what I was saying about expectations is that mm -hmm. um, if you have a previous relationship with a CRO and particular study directors, um, you have already previously established a relationship where you know each other pretty well, know what your expectations are. 
Um, and sometimes on the part, on my part, I don't need to do as much follow-up because I yeah. know um, that the study director I have knows what my expectations are for being informed about various things on a study. And they, I know that they're going to call me or get in touch with me and let me know what's going on as opposed to my having to track down the reach out mm -hmm. track down and reach out. So um, mm -hmm. I, I think those are, those are the three main issues. Maybe if I have to add a fourth one, um, and I'm not saying that this is any less important than the others, but I would say quality and what the course, quality yeah. of the uh, of the reports are that you get from from the CROs, and um, so that would be another. If I had to add a fourth one, that would be another one. Yeah, because you know, if you get your report on time, but it's not a good report, right? You know, kind of yeah, it goes hand in hand, like both. On that's time right. and quality, yeah, for sure. And that's, uh, in some cases, unfortunately, that's where consultants have to spend a lot of time is when they're doing report reviews. And, yeah. and if the report is not of the quality that you expect, then you do spend a lot of time and it takes mm -hmm. a lot of time to go back and forth to maybe rewrite sections or certainly work with a CRO to um, edit sections of the report to make get them up to the quality that you feel is necessary to um, support the filing. Well, because you also have such a wide experience of kind of seeing every aspect from, you know, initiation of the study to the submission of IND documents. So you kind of already know what language is expected to be and what would be the best to put into those regulatory docs. Yeah. Well, thank you. That was, that was a very interesting discussion. Um, so I wanted to pivot a little bit to the ACT, the American College of Toxicology and ask you, because I did mention in the intro that you were president. So Mr. President, I wanted to ask you, um, what is the mission overall of the American College of Toxicology and how does that as organization contribute to the toxicology community as a whole? Yeah, so the just to give a little bit of background, a little bit of hype to ACT, it's an organization that was founded uh, over 40, 40 years ago. Um, with the idea of providing professionals in, the, in toxicology with a forum for the exchange of information. And when it was first set up, the college was mainly to provide the uh, interaction between um, industry and government officials and you know, regulatory officials. Um, but over the years, it's it's transformed and evolved, and now the ACT is very much of a global organization that encompasses members from academia, from industry, from regulatory agencies, from contract research organizations, and and consulting firms. So it's a very much of a global uh, community. Uh, again, with the idea that the the mission is to educate, lead, and and serve the professionals in, in toxicology with the exchange of information and um, perspectives in the area of applied toxicology and safety assessment. And the college does this in a variety of ways. We, um, we do this through the conduct of an annual meeting that has numerous continuing education courses, seminars, um, and the ability to, to do networking with colleagues where you can uh, really talk about the current topics in, in applied toxicology and, 
and uh, find out what's new. Uh, in addition, the, the college now conducts uh, educational courses throughout the year in, in the basic or advanced toxicology. It also has specialty courses in particular areas of applied toxicology. And uh, then we also have the International Journal of Toxicology, which provides a, a forum for the dissemination of, of scientific data um, that again is, is global. So uh, a variety of, of ways in which um, um, the college uh, contributes to the field of toxicology and, and uh, can educate its members. I do have to say that the annual meeting, the ACT meeting is probably one of my favorites, just coming from my background as the not clinical study director. That's where I get the most information. The sessions are always amazing and they're so targeted specifically to what we do. So I've always found them to be extremely educational and extremely helpful. Yes, no, and I, I did too. And that's that comes from the, the first time I ever went to an ACT meeting many, many moons ago. But um, <laughs> uh, that, um, that clearly uh, was a feeling I had as well mm -hmm. um, that I would go to the other big toxicology meeting, but that would be to um, get my fulfillment in um, basic research and, and more yeah. of science um, where the American College is more designed in the uh, applied toxicology and how we do mm -hmm. our jobs. And uh, I think that's, that's the difference, but it's, it's also a very satisfying one where you can learn quite a bit that is very applicable to, to how you conduct your job, so. Absolutely. So as part of your role as a president, what were your, what was your involvement? What exactly um, did you do as a president of the AC team? So there's certainly numerous responsibilities actually, and I won't go into a whole lot of detail about mm -hmm. um, uh, the specifics, but um, actually the, the role of president is, is sort of a four-year commitment because you start out um, in a different role, so to speak. You start out as, uh, vice president-elect, you're then your vice president, and each of those roles has some specific activities, typically uh, oversight of various committees in, in the college, and so you run those committees, and um, as uh, vice president, you're involved in setting up the meeting for the following year, mm -hmm. um, and then you have your year as president, and so during uh, that specifically, you serve as the face of uh, the American College of Toxicology, not only to the membership, but also to outside organizations that the college uh, is collaborating with. And uh, as well, you um, oversee the council and the conduct of day-to-day -day business. And you're responsible for implementing uh, the strategic plans that are in place uh, for the college and what objectives the college is trying to accomplish for that particular year that you're in the, um, in the presidency. And then maybe as I look at it and I, I look back on it, maybe the, one of the most important responsibilities as, a, as the president is um, to be sort of the ears of, of the membership and to bring ideas of membership back to council for consideration and potentially implementation. Uh, and look at ways that we can advance the college, um, whether that's um, in ways that we 
provide opportunities to, to the members of the college um, or its long-term goals of what we want the college to look like five years down the road. So um, those I think are the major major responsibilities of the president presidency. Thank you. You certainly speak with a lot of passion about the ACT, so I can, I can see that it means a lot to you and it was a big part of, of your life. Yeah, it, it has been. And it's been, I've been involved with the college for over 30, 30 years now. And um, it's, um, it's always held a special place for me. Yeah. Um, I think not only for the relationships that I formed and, and for the ability of, of contributing, um, but also because, you know, it was very important to, mm -hmm. uh, to how I conducted my my job and, and as a resource for learning maybe how to better do my job. Oh absolutely. I would absolutely have to agree with that. I think the the amount of information that I have gained from going to the annual meetings is like it, it just it can't be matched. You know, there's something about being surrounded by people that do what it is that you do and have the same issues and problems and maybe solutions that you didn't think of and just the science it's it yeah. So thank you for serving as a president because I definitely enjoy being a member. Oh, great. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to kind of wrap this up with just a couple of questions, just general questions. Um, one, I know the answer to, but I'm going to ask it anyways. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to act really surprised when you tell me what the answer is. But what is it that you like to do outside of work? Yeah, I, I figured you were going to ask that. Um, so... <laughs> As everybody who knows me, and maybe as you can tell from looking at this picture in the in the back here, my um, my uh, passion outside of work is golf. So uh, what? Yeah. So um, I think if I uh, could have had a different career and and was good <laughs> enough for it, I would have probably tried to be a professional golfer. So. <laughs> Thank you. I did act surprised. That was completely unexpected. Um, <laughs> um, what is the motto that you live by? Is there a motto that you live by? Well, yeah, no, I, 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 I do. Um, and I think basically it's, if you don't, and this is in its very basic terms, it can be expressed in a variety of different ways, but essentially, um, if you don't succeed at something, try, try again. And again, that's the very basic terminology. And I think that's, that's something I've followed ever since I've been a little kid. I, you know, actually I've, I've always been driven to succeed. And I think it just reminds me that regardless of whether it's in business or personal life, if there's something you want to achieve and, and you try it and you don't succeed with it at first, get up off the ground, get back on the horse and try it again and, and continue to persevere. And you likely will be successful if you keep, keep trying. So that's what I, that's what I try and apply to my, to my life in general. Yeah. And the final question, what is the one fun fact about you that you'd like to share with our audience? Um, I think if there's something I would like to do with my life at some point would be to hop on my motorcycle and uh, tour the tour the country. Oh, that sounds so cool. I didn't know that you rode, so. Yeah, I do. Very cool. Yeah. Yep. 
Well, thank you, John. Um, I've really enjoyed this discussion. I've known you for several years, but I feel like, you know, there's a lot of things that I've learned about you that I didn't previously know. I really appreciate the time that you took to do this. And uh, thank you everybody for listening. Be sure to check out our other podcasts and webinars and videos at Alta Sciences, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks, Noreen. I certainly enjoyed it. Me too. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Follow Alta Sciences on LinkedIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and YouTube to stay up to date on the latest news, podcasts, and webinars.